Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge podcast with me, Owen Lines. This is a weekly podcast for all your tillage news and advice. In this episode, I'll be getting an insight into the harvest progress and crop performance from Chagas Tillage Advisors, Kieran Hickey, based in Enniscorthy, County Wexford, and Conor O'Callaghan, based in North County, Dublin. So I first asked Conor how the harvest was progressing in the northeast. Well, Owen, um, the harvest probably started about two weeks ago up in the northeast area. It's been a stop start to the beginning of the harvest. Um, at this stage, a lot of lads would have the winter barley wrapped up. Um, winter oilseed rape is kind of wrapped up as well. Um, straw is hard, is hard to bale. A lot of straw is still lying on, on fields um, around the country. Lads got a bit of straw bale yesterday evening. Um, it's, not, it's, it's, it's not great. It's taken a bit of uh, time to dry. Um, winter wheat then is looking maybe seven or ten days, seven or ten days away. And to harvest as well, so that's it's been a kind of a stop start with the, with the weather and things like that in the northeast. Yeah, so look, I suppose it's it's fairly well up to date um, as regards crops ready to harvest, and as you say, you're just looking ahead now to the winter wheat. Um, and Connor, I suppose a reoccurring theme that we're seeing this harvest is that both yield and grain quality they seem to be very variable depending on location. I suppose how are how are yields and crops harvested looking in the northeast at the moment as regards um, grain yield and quality? Yeah, well, quality it's been varied. Quality has been good, but it's been poor quality as poor quality as well with that yields as well. Yields of winter barley have varied from North Kildare; they were a little bit better than actually up into Dublin and North Dublin up into Mead. But winter barley yields have everywhere from a ton and a half to the acre up to three point seven to three point seven tons to the acre in, in in good crops that had no patches, looked well all year long, and carried through. But I'd say your average run of the mill is looking between two and a half and three tons to the acre. Um, but bushels are quite high. A few growers were chatting chatting a few growers, and they were saying it's a bit like nineteen seventy six when. Whatever they coated weighed like lead, so bushels were high. It, it's not too far out place to see bushels up as far as seventy in in, in two rows uh, barley. So it was it was mixed. Moistures were quite good during those dry periods as well. Um, yield of straw wise, then straws well back. Straws back anywhere from twenty five even up to fifty percent in places. As I said before, it's getting hard to bale now. We're after getting wet. And people will try probably to start putting wafflers or rakes or, or hay bobs or something to trying to get it up off the ground and dry. And each pass of that will reduce the, the quality of straw going going forward. We're looking at prices anywhere from 15 euros around bale up to even 20 euros. There's been talks of out, out of the field. So with the shortest straw is, is driven by the price. Um, winter oilseed rape has done well. It's say 1.2 to 2 tonnes to the acre of moisture is good as well and, and quality is good. As you said, demand for straw, I suppose, is it's it's similar to the rest of the country. Um, and as you say, with the difficulty in the weather, it's hard to get bailing done and that's going to lead into into more demand for, for the, the commodity as well. And and looking ahead then, I suppose, that the crops have to be harvested and I don't think any growers need reminding of how difficult it was um, to get winter wheat drill last autumn. But I suppose for those who did up around your area, how are those winter wheat crops looking at the moment and are they far out from harvest? Or? Yeah, winter wheat crops were looking relatively good during um, during the, the growing season. There were thin patches and, and spots in, in fields that maybe didn't germinate, didn't take off. They, were, they weren't as good as other areas. Plant counts were low. Um, where plant counts were high and crops were, were establishing good, they were quite clean. We had a situation, so crops were, were clean. And um, they were clean during grain fill, so you'd be hoping that 
the quality of grain would be would be would be goodness. We won't really know until we put the combine into the field. But in in saying that, in the last ten days or so, with the weather, the way it has changed, a lot of grain is becoming kind of black, and maybe disease levels have increased there during the later um, grain fill period and and ripening period. So wheat has gone a little bit black looking, but still in saying that, um, we're looking probably seven to ten days away um, from from harvest, depending on depending on the variety. Um, as well as that, there's. In some places where open the open there was open open enough crops open plant counts, um, we're looking at maybe small bits of weeds and grass weeds getting a hold in there. So some of those would need to be spread off, and some of them were actually spread last Monday and in the in the coming week as well. So, oh, and we're looking at really about seven to ten days away from harvest. And look, I suppose the northeast it was probably one of the worst affected areas from from that drought in early summer. Uh, how much of an impact do you think? that will have on spring crops and and their final yield it's it'll be it's a very it's very mixed um the open the crops struggle to get up or aborted tillers or lost tillers those crops got a second go of life call it they got a second they got a second burst of life when the rain came and that has led to two scenarios you have good crops of that were that held the moisture say north kildare area got a little bit more rain than actually up into dublin northeast they they held well. They didn't abort many tillers. Some of the some of the ground that aborted the tillers, they have come back to life. And now we have um, the one a crop in the field that we'd have two different growth stages for for the crop. We have some uh, spring barley that is the grain is 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 hardened, and um, and then we've more of it that is still green soft. It's even in the in the in the do- in soft doughy stage, and um, that has come back. It it brings its own problems with it. As well as that, we're after getting a second a second flush of weeds in some crops, and the likes of the weeds like fat hen and red shank, especially fat hen, that was able to withstand the drought conditions, um, has really flourished since it since it since it got rain, and and that's towering above some some crops. So there is problems. Look, it comes with its own problems. Both moisture's at cutting when to when to when to go cutting it, and then straw straw after. So. People will really need to walk the crops and have a look at what's what's actually in front of them before they come up with a come up with a plan in pre-harvest. Thanks for your input, Connor, and the update from the harvest in the northeast. Now we're going to move south to County Wexford to discuss the harvest with tillage advisor Kieran Hickey. It's been a very tricky stop-start harvest because of the weather so far. Um, I suppose we probably would have kicked off harvesting winter barley as much as nearly two weeks ago and then it took last week to kind of tidy it up um one thing i'd say about winter barley and it might be an indication for the spring barley is that the winter barley just wasn't ripe wasn't ripe wasn't ripe and then all of a sudden it was very ripe so it just seemed to um come in very quickly at the end at this stage i'd say winter barley is finished uh winter oats is finished and pretty much winter seed rape is finished also so yeah it's it's under control and we're knocking on the door of the winter wheat being ready and also the big one in this area spring barley just starting like. and uh what are yields like then out of that that winter barley oats and ice rape that has been harvested I suppose, look, we, we, we've we been lucky down here in that we've heard reports that, you know, during the year Cork would have got more rainfall and they have what's more normal. 
I'd say if you took, maybe you were talking to Connor there, Dublin is a different extreme. They had very low rainfall levels. We're probably somewhere in the middle and crops are not all out as good as they would have been in other years or you would have ex- hoped for at the start of the year. But in saying that, uh, winter barley, you know, three is at the bottom end of the scale, four at the upper end of the scale. Um, I know some growers that have quite a bit of winter barley and they were averaging, you know, 3.8 uh, at, at good quality, you know. So, yeah, the six rows seem to be just having a little bit of an edge. Um, Belfry has done quite well. Cosmos has done well. Um, uh, you know, and um, I suppose that Cassia, the old reliable, is still doing quite well. Bushels have been quite good, which was a little bit surprising in that given the, the very dry weather at the end of May into the start of June, you know, you were kind of gearing yourself up for maybe would there be some effect on quality, but the quality seems to be seems to be seems to be very good, you know. We we had the craft winter malt a little bit more in the area this year and um thankfully that did a little bit better than the year before. Uh you know, there was uh three and a half, three point six kind of um recorded in the area at, with good bushels as well 64 65 bushels so like that was quite promising as well like and yeah so a, a positive enough picture given the year for winter barley uh, in wexford but how is the yield of straw looking in wexford very poor um you know i was talking to one man and he said to me that in a particular field he had winter barley in it the year before and he had 14 round bales of straw per acre was the yield of straw and this year it bailed up at seven round bales to the acre so like 50 percent of the straw and even just to physically see combines going through the crop um what would look like a reasonable crop in front of the header and you'd actually be looking at the back of the combine wondering where has the straw disappeared to like very very small uh output from the straw so it's it, it's just it's not there and the worrying thing as well is this straw is landing on the ground and it's getting this wispy rain on top of it and getting wet and dry and wet and dry they're going to have to do something to condition it to try and bail it up and that's further going to reduce the volume of, of straw that's going to be in it um, but the unusual thing is if you ask me honestly what's a bale of straw going to make in this area i wouldn't be able to answer the question because nobody is talking about straw at the moment it's just uh yeah it's just not happening like you know and there is straw bailed up naturally enough but price is is no one's even talking about it, yeah know, so, so so a typical really uh, of the rest of the countries straw seems to back about 50 percent um on on where you like it to be um as you said the broken weather then is is, is leading to problems then with quality and, and getting fields cleared and look, I suppose looking ahead then to the spring barley and and looking at the secondary growth or the, the tillers that have come late, how big of a problem do you think it will be in Wexford? And I suppose uh, in particular the malt and barley crops um, that, that will be common in your region. Yeah, like I suppose this hasn't been a simple year given not alone the external factors of coronavirus and everything that was happening all around you and everything like that. And then don't forget, we had a spring where it it was very difficult in that 
the work all came in a very, very short period of time. And I suppose people were under pressure to get crops in. And then when they got them in and got them away, you know, it looked as if, yeah, things were going pretty much according to plan. But really, we came unstuck there at the end of May into the start of June. And what that has done is it has affected different fields, different areas, different growers very differently. And it has has led to huge variability in crops. And even there's veins of land and even fields where you walk into a field and you see all these islands all around the field where there's light patches in the fields where the corn literally nearly died out of it back in that at the start of June. And then what happened then was uh, secondary growth has regrown into those patches. They're very visible, but we also had a second thing where, you know, always there would be a very small level of secondary growth might come through. But because these crops thinned out a little bit, in even when you walk out into a crop, if, you, if you're driving the road, you'd look in over the ditch and you'd say, God, that field of barley looks lovely get over the gate into the field, pull it back, and you'll see this layer of green tillers down in the base of it. And they're they're a worry as well. And I suppose, look, at we have so much malt barley in the area here, and quality uh, parameters for that are very, you know, like of a normal year, we have the moisture to worry about, we have skinning to worry about, we have protein to worry about. Um, you know, like it, 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 it's 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 hard enough to get it in, a, in of a normal year, but then to throw in the the green grains, it's it's particularly testing. The one positive I would say is in the last week, there's been that weather. The temperatures are quite high here. We're seeing kind of like on average about sixteen or you know fifteen, sixteen, seventeen degrees, and that's bringing in the crops quite quickly. And I think as the main crop is ripening, it is bringing in a lot of these. Uh, more mature green secondary growth and I think they'll actually get there I think that that by the time we're ready to cut this will still be a problem but maybe not as big a problem as we would have thought maybe a week or 10 days ago and if I was a farmer who had these these um, secondary growth in fields would you have any advice or maybe tips come harvest time that you might want to follow yeah well I suppose look at the the, the first thing to do is make a list of the fields, okay? And then go and look at each field on its own merit. Now, what you'll find is, and then even within fields, um, like the malting bonus that's there is substantial. Like even taking it at say 25 euros a ton, if you're lucky enough to get three tons to the acre, that's 75 euros an acre. That's a very, very significant amount of money. So to make a decision to say, look, I haven't a chance, you, you are kind of foregoing that. So it's, it's worthwhile to come up with some kind of a plan. And I'd say, look at the fields first and say, well, look, that field there, it's not bad. It's pretty uniform. It's coming in well, but it might need four or five days longer than I'd normally give it. And that's in order to give it a chance to try and get some of the, 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 the grains to kind of come in. But you know, you 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 take the chance. You can also take a hand sample for the protein and get that tested. Bort Malt have texted out to all their growers, and they have said to them, "Look, if you need someone to come and sample some of this, we're available to do that." You know, so that gives you an indication of where you are with protein. Um, 
that was the other fear as well that you know where the crops were sown even the protein could be a problem so i think every field needs to be assessed on visually look at it and say okay it's pretty uniform i can get the protein tested okay so the next problem is maybe tram lines so for tram lines if there's still a lot of greenery left in the tram line you could drive that tram line with a tractor with slightly larger tires on it than row crops and that'll knock out some of the green grains or rows of of of, of immature grain at the sides of the tram lines the other option you could have is you could cut uh, and leave out the tram lines and then take them out afterwards. But if a good idea or a practical tip would be to have a trailer on the headland and say, look, if I'm doing the headland run where it's a little bit less mature, or if I have, uh, I'm have, i on a bad tram line or something where there's green grains, rather than going over and putting it in with potentially four or five good runs of barley, leave a trailer over there, put that stuff into it, and that won't be going in in the sample or bringing down the, the average. So. And I think it's worthwhile to do that. But it's there's an old saying, a problem I know about is a challenge. And we know that this problem is there in malt and barley. So if you try and manage it, you'll have some chance of, of getting there. And um, yeah, that's, that's, that's all we can do. But as you said, it, it is a challenge, but the financial incentive to, to put them few may, maybe little measures in at harvest time is definitely working, yeah. like, you know? Well, we're kind of lucky around here in that, um, you know, I, I saw some of the videos that and some of the pictures from some of the crops up in Mead and, and Loud and, 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 and Dublin and that kind of stuff. And you're hard to go out to some of those growers that have been really, really drastically affected by drought back in back in the, the spring, early summer. Down here, we're, as I say, we're kind of halfway between Cork being almost unaffected by the weather and then the other extreme up in Dublin. But we're somewhere in the middle, which is tricky in that, uh, you know, we have to try and manage what we have. But, you know, like the simple thing would be to say, look, I'm not going to get any of this barley in for anything. Let it be seed, let it be roasting, let it be uh, malt. Like there's lots of premium contracts down here that uh, mean that the use of, of Roundup is, is out, you know, and farmers down around here, they don't like using Roundup, to be honest with you, like because they'd rather see the crop come in naturally and, and, and that kind of stuff. So I would see the use of Roundup really as a last resort where you will find it difficult to harvest the crop, you know, due to weeds or due to just that it's just not going to go through the combine. Like, you know, but, but as I say, I think people need to be calm and measured in their approach. Uh, look at each field on its own merit and then even within fields, make good decisions and try and cut out the uniform bits, target them towards their, that premium market. And then anything you think that's not going to that that's going to drag down the overall average, have a way of dealing with that as well. Like you know, and just finally, Kieran, um, just on the other crops in the area, such as the winter wheat, spring oats, uh, how are they looking as as the harvest approaches for them crops? Yeah, well, I tell you, just to go back to the winter oats for a minute, <laughs> it was one of the crops that I was very concerned about, and. Uh, the late John Finnan, um, uh, God be good to him, he did a lot of work in oats and he talked to us a lot about, you know, how little we know about the components of yield of oats and how important it is to avoid stress on the crop. And this year, given like uh, how dry it was in that critical month 
of May, we were very concerned that oats, you know, would that stress could affect the yield largely. And it's it's a wonderful thing to report. But winter oats down here has been a bit of a revelation in that there are people getting uh, four ton to the acre of oats at very, very good bushels, which is fantastic. And I suppose it would give you a little bit of hope that when you go and you look at a field of spring oats at the moment, you're looking at a field that has yellow heads in it at the moment or yellow panicles. And there's also ones that are green and not a foot tall. And you'd wonder how am I going to even harvest this crop? It's so uneven. And, but I suppose, look at the winter oats would give you some hope in that it has done very, very well. And you'd hope that, that it'll, it'll, it'll follow. It's, um, it's, it's autumn, uh, um, relative you know now on the winter wheat front uh, winter wheat is way back here in the area and we're on nearly half the amount of winter wheat that we would have normally um, there's only 1900 hectares in the county and there's normally about four and a half thousand hectares so the crop is a small area but seems to be looking very very well we had a relatively disease free year low levels of septoria and um yeah look at uh you you would be hopeful but um as i say none harvested around here uh, as yet so yeah here thanks very much for your input uh hopefully we might catch up with you later in the harvest to see how things are progressing no problem thank you very much sean that's it for the tillage ed podcast this week and many thanks to my guests Connor callan and kieran hickey for joining me on the show don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss a show. And for more farming information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Owen Lines. Thanks for listening. And the podcast will be back next week with more tillage news and advice.